Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are in the credits of John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. Back with us, we have Nick Exposito from the Fantasy Flicks League. Hey, Nick. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good. You ready to talk talk credits with us? It's my favorite thing to discuss. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to? Uh, you know, by by nature of picking that last moment of Tony to talk about, you ended up getting a couple uh, yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, I didn't it's realize like, movies by minute karma right there. <laughs> it's a, that's what that is. On today's show, we're looking at Iron Man Minute 119. The minute starts with a continuation of the casting by credits, and it ends with a credit for the ILM animation supervisor, Hal Hickel, creeping onto the screen. Good old Hal. So, so we go from casting, we jump into our, our main actor pool that we're going to be looking at. Um, and I, you know, it's funny, I like to imagine that they planned this with the graphics somehow tying into each of their names as they come up. It never really seems to work, but I like to pretend it does. You know, so we have <laughs> Iron Man. It's almost like to get to him, um, we kind of go through the circles. It makes me feel like I'm going through the chest into the inner workings of Iron Man. And that gives us Robert Downey Jr. Which let's you know call back ourselves. That should be spinal column. so we're clear there we're missing a lot of organs and some structural anatomy i think you did a lot more internal work (laughs) than than anybody ever really finds out (laughs) totally do you think like because robert downey jr was very much down and out at this point you know or in very little things and this was definitely his coming out and you know what it reminded me of at least for the brief moment that he had, which was John Travolta during Pulp Fiction, you know, how uh, Tarantino kind of revitalized his career. Mm-hmm. And I just, obviously Robert Downey Jr. had way more success and longevity than, uh, you know, maybe uh, John Travolta did, but it's just kind of like is, is, you know, Favreau, his Tarantino. So, so it's a good thing that Robert Downey Jr. turned down Battlefield Earth 2, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God, I was waiting. Who's going to get the Battlefield Earth joke? Who's going to get it? Oh, Travolta, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Listen, he had to do man. one for the, uh, I guess, for the team, I guess. <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, boy, poor guy. Uh, yeah, uh, Robert Downey Jr., he did get nominated for nine awards with this film. He won uh, for Best Actor at the Saturn Awards, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. At the Central Ohio Film Critics Association, he won their Actor of the Year Award. At the Empire Awards, he was nominated for Best Actor. At the Golden Schmo Awards, he was nominated for Best Actor. At the Irish Film and Television Awards, he won for Best International Actor. At the MTV Movie and TV Awards, he was nominated for Best Male Performance. And uh, at the National Movie Awards at the UK, he was nominated for Best Performance by a Male. At the People's Choice Awards, he uh, was uh, nominated for everyone's favorite superhero. And last but not least, at the Teen Choice Awards, he was nominated for the Choice Movie Actor for an Action Adventure Movie despite the fact, I mean, we've talked about a lot, uh, a lot about Robert Downey Jr. Um, I'll just say, despite the fact that he didn't win many of those awards, I think it stands to reason that 
this movie, it really benefited by his casting, as did the MCU. Yeah. Agree. Totally. Um, next up, we have Terrence Howard. Uh, and on his screen, I don't know. I, I was looking. I'm like, is there any connection? It's like Iron Man's hand. It's like the repulsor, kind of that yeah. that flight stabilizer. Uh, you know, with Terrence Howard's name, I'm like, is that a nod to him flying and the jet fight? Again, I'm really reaching on some of yeah, these to try to connect it. It's like his offensive weapon. So and Terrence Howard's part of the military. This is where I feel like if they were going to do a war machine nod, they should have done the war machine nod here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They should have. This was just should have been the Gatling gun. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Howard was nominated at the Black Reel Awards for Best Supporting Actor, but did not win. Yeah, and we've talked about Terrence. We've talked about the reason he didn't end up kind of continuing with the MCU. Um, I, I, I'm glad he's in this film. I like him here, but I'm also glad that uh, that we had uh, Don Cheadle for the rest of them. Any last thoughts on Terrence Howard, you guys? No. <laughs> just I, I feel somewhat, I feel somewhat sad. You know, I, I feel bad for him somewhat. Whenever I watch this movie, it's like, man, like why? What what are you what are you thinking now? That's what I want to know. Yeah, like what what would Terrence Howard have been thinking at this moment in the credits as he's watching this finished <laughs> yeah. film for the first time? What is Terrence Howard wondering? He's like, I can't wait to put that war machine suit on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you good. think at that point you think he are? Would, I don't do think, think the negotiations already... for Iron Man two started coming around. It was largely when they started doing that and how much less he was going to be earning from that. Yeah, that kind of pushed his decision. So maybe he's thinking, "I'm going to make so much more money in Iron Man 2. Kitching. Yep, yep. We go from his credit to Jeff Bridges. It's kind of a you know a shot of uh, the schematics of Iron Man's head, and it's like his eye is analyzing something. I don't know. Maybe he's looking at at uh, Iron Monger again. I'm really re- stretching with these things. Uh, Jeff Bridges was nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Saturn Awards, and also he was nominated for for the Teen Choice Awards for the Choice Movie Villain. I, uh, I just oh. love the Teen Choice Awards. The, <laughs> the things that they uh, that they pick, I think, are always fun. Uh, actually, Johnny Depp won that for the Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Oh, so I guess well, I guess that works. That that checks out. Yeah. Although it's, he's kind of the protagonist, so I don't know if I call him the villain, too. I guess he is, but still, it's the story. He's our yeah. hero. Yeah. Ha, has fair. Jeff Bridges been a villain in many films? I can only think of Tron Legacy or whatever that was. Other than that, I can't really think of any where he has been a bad guy. Fabulous Baker Boys, he was, you know, oh, the nemesis. Was he the, the bad no, brother? No, he was the bad brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bridges, I don't know. I don't feel like he does villains too often. Um, I can't. I, I'm struggling thinking of any others. But I love him when he's a villain. Yeah, no, he he plays him pretty well, and it's just interesting to you know because everyone thinks of him as this one type of guy, kind of at least now nowadays. And uh, so it's just interesting to see him play those roles. Uh, and, you know, he's another person that I would have been okay if his character lived and if he if we saw more of him because I really like him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's okay in everything. So uh, we go from his screen to Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. Uh, good old Gwyneth. Um, she was nominated at the Saturn Awards for, for a Best Actress. And um, 
uh, let's see, she was nominated at the Scream Awards for Best Science Fiction Actress. And last but not least, at the Teen Choice Awards for uh, the Choice Movie Actress in an Action Adventure. I like Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. I think she's great. Yeah, same. I do, too. I do, too. She lands really well for me. I, you know, it's... I. I get that there are some things that are controversial about her personal life, but my goodness, this, I, I just, I love seeing her on screen here. I love their relationship so much. She, she deserves any of those accolades. And she fits the character very, very well. You know, she, she plays her, how she needs to be played, the way she interacts with Tony is like a check to him almost. And, you know, also is she's not afraid. She kind of is on her own, able to hold her own. Uh, yeah, she, she's great. Now, the one thing about Gwyneth that I question is her animation on screen. It's the back of Iron Man's head. <laughs> I have a hard time figuring out if there's a connection here other than... When the suit comes on her in a later movie, it's uh, other protecting than that. her. Other than That's that. all I got. That's it. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's it. Uh, next up, we have Leslie Bibb. Um, she did not get any award nominations, and you know it's a small part. I'm not surprised as great as she was. Um, I don't think I ever noticed that the animation here, it starts off and we're basically on the floor looking at his crotch. Um, <laughs> we're under his feet. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, maybe that is weirdly appropriate uh, animation to pair with Leslie Bibb considering the relationships that she had with Tony. <laughs> True. Made me laugh. And then we go to Sean Tobe, who is uh, fittingly paired with Mark One Animation. Actually, uh, I, I like that we get a switch in the animation here, and I like I liked him in the movie quite a bit as Yinsen. Oh, he was great, uh, and I love that it goes back to the to the Mark One. Yeah, it ties that in nicely. And then uh, the the Mark One animation kind of turns and blows apart, uh, revealing kind of the Iron Man underneath it, the Mark Two slash Three. And uh, it's paired with the names Ferran Tahir and Clark Gregg. I think that watching the Mark I outfit blow into pieces uh, pairs nicely with Ferran Tahir, who's out digging in the desert trying to find all those pieces. Well, I love Clark Gregg, and I'm glad he really kind of came into his own in this universe after this movie, got his own TV show. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how that Agent Coulson character became very beloved in the uh, universe and in the fandom of Marvel. That's that's the thing that I, it really is cool how Clark Gregg's story kind of grew out of this film because they just liked him so much as this character that they gave him more and more because he was interesting, people really connecting with him. And I think it speaks volumes about, about him as kind of uh, a performer and what he did here with this character to, I mean, turn it into you know, a, a recurring character with yeah. a really interesting character arc to turn it into a character that's helming a TV series and to turn it into an actual comic book character that's based on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Well, it's funny because, you know, at least for this first phase or the, in these first films, he is the one real big, like, connective character that starts to pop up, at least in the Iron Man franchise and, and, and then subsequently Thor. So yeah, he his character is very essential to this universe. It's 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 great, and I love how he plays him as this very stoic, FBI agenty guy. And how fun was it to see him pop up in uh, Captain Marvel? Oh yeah, yeah, that was great. So it was cool. that was his first rodeo, lest we forget. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah <laughs> right. It was his first. Rodeo. I know you can look at that line now when he, uh, you know, right before we started our discussion and. Uh, now look at Captain Marvel. It's like, oh, ah, yeah, there it is. That right, was it. exactly. 
exactly. filled. Yeah. We go uh, from that screen to uh, a, kind of an exploded view of the Iron Man chest, I guess is what it is. Uh, and we see Bill Smitrovich and Syed Bedrea. Uh, Bill Smitrovich, you may remember, is he plays the general who is uh, out in uh, Afghanistan at the Bagram Air Base, uh, General Gabriel, who meets up with Tony before their big presentation. Um, a small scene, but, uh, you know, I guess I guess uh, a big enough name to warrant a credit. Now, we never did the IMDb game for him. Uh, can you guys... Um, think of what might pop up for his uh for his uh four on imdb oh god okay um so i i only know of him in one other place so that's the only thing i can pick well it was a t the only thing i've got is a tv show and i know that it wasn't the wonder years but it sounds like the wonder years life it's goes like, on life, life goes, goes on, on with corky the, that's yes yes that's right he was he was corky's dad yes and that is the only thing, I, although he's one of those faces, I know he's in so much other stuff and I can't think of a single thing. He is he, a that uh, guy. He definitely is a that guy in a lot of military movies, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. Well, I will just tell you guys, because it is hard. Uh, he was in The November Man, which uh, is with Pierce Brosnan. I never saw it uh, from 2014. Life Goes On. So we got that one as the dad. Uh, the show ran for uh, for four years. And then I didn't even realize he was in this. Ted and Ted 2. <laughs> really? Yeah. He plays Frank in both of those films. <laughs> I like those movies way more than I should. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so that's uh, that's Bill Smitrovich. And then Syed Bedrea as Abu, our favorite grandpa, who ends up uh, taking a dark turn and get coming to a bad end uh, at the hands of the villagers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then wow. uh, and then we go from those guys to uh, we get the final little bit of animation that leads us to a, the circle image of it kind of coming out of Tony's chest that turns into the shield logo. And it says a John Favreau film. Um, uh, I love this little shield logo that we have here, though. Yeah. OK, I got something for you guys because oh, okay. you're because of, you know, nerds. Now, it says here that the shield acronym on this thing is Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. As readers of the comics, can you name at least one other acronym that S.H.I.E.L.D. has stood for over the years? And there are many. Ooh, you have got me there, sir. I, I know I read them off back in some of those earlier episodes when I was talking about it, but for the mm -hmm. life of me, I can't think of any of them right now. But Not I know they were vastly one. different. Yeah, They're vastly different. Yeah. And I, I couldn't play. My, I was talking to my wife about this, and I, said, I was talking about an interview with uh, uh, Sam Jackson, and what the interviewer asked Sam, can you name what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for? And he said, oh, strategic homeland. Oh, no, 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 nerd speak. Right? Like, he, he can't do it. <laughs> And I thought that was so funny. So I looked it up and it turns up there are so many of these uh, uh, strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division. Obviously, one of them. How about Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division? I feel like that was the first one. <laughs> yes. In, yeah, that okay. was the original Marvel Comics one. Yes. Right. Uh, strategic Hazard Intervention Espionage Logistics Directorate. 
which actually sounds directorate right. too evil. Yes. Why would yeah. they put directorate in there? Sound, that sounds like the evil. That That is when Hydra started when infiltrating. Hydra, yes. <laughs> That's the only, that should have been telegraphed the moment they changed the branding. <laughs> Bad people are in charge. Um, and then uh, strategic homeland intervention enforcement. Uh, that was Iron Man's one we're talking about. And then how about this one? Secret headquarters of intelligence, espionage, and law division. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's put let's put the name secret headquarters in the name of our yes. headquarters. There there were <laughs> that's right another one telegraphing their intentions a little too broadly. Yeah. There were two that came up as real. Uh, one of them is and this is way out of my wheelhouse. This is wrestling apparently Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta, which doesn't sound like wrestling to me. I don't know what the connection is. It sounds like just using military abbreviation like yeah. the military thing and the other one is silicon hybrids with in infrared extrinsic <laughs> silicon hybrids with infrared extrinsic long wavelength detectors so uh, wow. in case you're okay. looking for the sciencey one that's it <laughs> oh, there's the sciencey one yes that was the sciencey one that sounds like something that tony would have used what's so funny is they really have to jump through some hoops to make shield not sound like the evil organization <laughs> yeah they really do they re <laughs> or make it fit somehow in the yeah. you know fbi exactly. cia Oh, in the man. world of governmental acronyms, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think throwing the word "supreme" in there for a while also didn't help things. <laughs> supreme, <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't. Oh. Supreme secret headquarters directorate yeah. is not good. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, they were writing for twelve-year-olds, I guess, when these started out. So. Makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> and for for twelve-year-olds, Supreme Headquarters directorate <laughs> nails it. <laughs> yeah, it's real cool. So we go from uh, from this, we we start the, we end our animated credits, which were so fun to watch. And now we just end up with just the regular scroll, starting with uh, the, the UPM Sarah E. White and UPM uh, second role for Luis D'Esposito. And uh, scroll through uh, the first few credits. You know, I figured um, right now, other than unless you guys had anything specific about any of these particular people, I figured I'd look at the box office for Iron Man to see how it did at the box office. Yeah, remind us. It was uh, it was made uh, again. This was a 2008 film. It was made for about 140 million dollars. Uh, nice chunk of change. I did find elsewhere that it was listed with a budget of 186 million. So I'm guessing that's some of the prints and advertising costs. In today's dollars, that's about 208 uh, million dollars that it ended up costing in 2018 dollars or 19 dollars. It ended up grossing domestically 318.6 million. And internationally, two hundred sixty-six point seven million for a grand total of five hundred eighty-five point almost four million, and adjusted, that's about six hundred fifty-five point six million dollars. It's not in the billion-dollar club, but it still uh, did a great job setting the Marvel Cinematic Universe up. And in in the next real speak, Pete, I know it wouldn't be the same if I didn't do this. The adjusted Thank profit per God. finished minute of this film <laughs> is three and a half million dollars that they made. Wow! In today's dollars per minute on that movie. So now, where have you started a new spreadsheet? I didn't, but I I'm going to have to, aren't I? Yeah, we're going to need a Marvel Cinematic. We need a Marvel tab. So just a new tab. <laughs> what was the total domestic? Uh... The total domestic was uh, what did I say? Uh, in in two thousand eight dollars, it was three hundred eighteen point six million. So if this was played in Fantasy Flicks League today, that would be three hundred eighteen points. Oh, ah, uh -huh. 
So that's how that works. Just I FYI. <laughs> oh, okay. So you don't look at the international gross. No, don't point. work at international, strictly domestic. It gets a little hairy Good to know. <clears throat> that way. <laughs> I, I did want to throw the, the finances in there, but Nick, I figure this is also a good time uh, to chat a little bit about your history with uh, comics and Marvel and Iron Man. How did, uh, how did you, how did Iron Man enter your life? Uh, it started for me with a, a game I played in grade school. Well, I've always been into comic books, video games, and uh, my favorites have been you know Batman, Spider-Man, and Captain America, oddly enough, was one of my favorites. But I knew of Iron Man and Thor and all these other guys on, on the side, but I really kind of got into them. Uh, freshman year at high school, um, some friends of mine played a game called Hero Clicks which was uh, a, a game where you played superheroes and they had Marvel first, where it was like almost like a, a very, it's a tabletop strategic game where you battle each other with superheroes. And I had Iron Man as one of my characters and he was very overpowered in this game. And so that just kind of led me to be more interested in Iron Man as a character and read his stories and how he came about. And I was also very fond of back in the day, they had an animated block of Marvel uh, shows, which was like Spider-Man, Iron Man and Hulk. And so, yeah, they've just kind of always been around and I've always just loved the types of characters you know that they are and their humanity and just it's 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 all it's it's yeah it's i've always been wrapped up in it did you uh when the film started coming out were you on board right out of the gate with all the movies oh yeah i would love i, I was because i've always wanted you know you had your batman movie you had your iron man you had superman films and those were great but i've always wanted them to explore what people i guess at the time would describe as the b-level characters so like your iron man's your captain america's um and because they i knew what interesting stories they had to tell so my thought was again captain america being one of my favorite superheroes that since they were doing an Iron Man movie and the fact that it did well, I'm like, they're actually going to do a Captain America movie. I might actually <laughs> see that happen. And, you know, and now several movies later, it's more than a reality. So, yeah, I was very much on board. I was I was excited about this and excited about the casting, about who they chose because of uh, in a previous episode, I mentioned the Ultimates in a panel in which they're discussing who would play their uh, film Alter Egos. And when they announced Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr., I was like, that's from that comic. So, yeah, it was very, it was exciting. <laughs> that's, uh, now, were you watching all the movies, like, all the way back to, like, the the lower-grade Marvel food, films, like Howard the Duck and the early Punisher with Dol Dolph Lundgren? Or was it really, like, when they started kicking in, really kind of with X-Men back in 2000? Uh, I did watch The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, and I saw that awful Captain America movie with him in a rubber suit because, again, my favorite superhero, so I would I would watch that. So <laughs> I never I've never seen Howard the Duck. Uh, I, I've heard it. I've heard stories. So I, I never, yeah. yeah, I, I kind of want to watch that out of curiosity, but I never went that way. But I did see the you know direct to video uh, Marvel films, uh, even the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. You found that? I, f I found that at a comic book convention. Someone had it on oh, VHS. Wow. <laughs> it was, you know, bootleg copy. So I I've seen those movies, and, you know, it was exciting to have someone besides Spider-Man from that Marvel Universe get a serious treatment. And so, yeah, again, having Iron Man be the first, while I would rather it have been other characters, uh, I was glad that it was uh, happening. Definitely. 
Hmm. Well, um, I, I don't, uh, did you guys have anything about the last few credits that we have here? Um, the, the only ones that really stood out for me were, uh, Co-producer Victoria Alonzo, ILM Visual Effects Supervisor Ben Snow, and ILM Animation Supervisor Hal Hickel, mostly because those were three people who were very much recognized in the award circuits because of the their involvement in the visual effects with the film. Uh, but otherwise, I don't really have much else for this minute, unless you guys do. I got nothing. And, and Nick, no, I figure I'm we'll good. save your rankings oh, uh, yeah. for tomorrow's oh, yeah. uh, show. Oh, there you go. Got to got to build everybody up. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Nick, would you like to remind everybody where they can find you out there online? Yes, you can go to www.fantasyflixleague.com. That's F-L-I-X. And um, so it's uh, like fantasy football, but played with movies. Uh, there's a tutorial on the site that can explain how the game plays much better than I can. I've attempted it in the past few episodes, and <laughs> I feel like I haven't done a great job. But you go, essentially, you go and you create, uh, you can get a group of, group of friends together, and you draft movies, and uh, you compete based on that those movies performance on your roster and uh it's a lot of fun uh it's completely free uh so yeah go on to the website check it out sign up start a league and uh you know get involved be your own hollywood movie mogul as we like to say and if you do let us know because we're setting our own up and uh we'll be playing and we can all uh see how everybody's doing with their with their uh with their games should be fun well everybody that is it for today's show thanks so much for tuning in Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers. 